Hello everyone. Hi. How are you? How are we doing? How are you doing? I for one have not been okay. <laughs> I have been. I have not. I have not been okay. I know that I lean towards dramatic. It is just inherent to my personality to over-exaggerate. I know that. But when I say I have not been okay, it has been a very intense couple of weeks. Let me tell you. Like I... It's like bad things come in threes is the saying. No, things that you should never have to deal with in your life come in like sixes or twelves or what. It just, it's insane. It is absolutely insane the amount of like just complete bullshit I've had to deal with over the past couple weeks. And no one tells you this. No one tells you that when you start like getting really clear on your healing and your path and your boundaries and like all the things that you maybe compromised on before, no one tells you about the fallout effects. So that is what we're talking about today because I am like deep in this healing work. And let me tell you something. When I started this podcast, I thought I am good to go like I can handle anything my my life is stellar my healing is finished off with this pretty little bow and I had this kind of facade or like fantasy in my mind that once I did this I'm good and I'm the number one preacher that healing is not linear and somehow I do not do as well with living that out as you know as is the case for everyone you're always it's always easier for you to talk about things versus like live them out. But yes, I've been going through it the past couple weeks. I have been dealing with a lot. And like this time is especially hard for me specifically. And I know it is for others as well. Like the holidays, if you have any kind of like family trauma or you're estranged or there's just whatever your reasons maybe. I, I see you, dude. I see you. Right now is hard. <laughs> this time of year is so freaking hard. And like, thank God that I have my girls to just kind of shift the focus from what I don't have to what I do have. Because it's this part of, of healing and of working on yourself where you're like, I have to give attention to the things that need attention. Like I have to, I have to give attention to, you know, what I lacked because it's valid. It's valid to sit here and say like, I deserved better. I deserved more from these relationships. I deserve more from these people. But also to like not let that completely consume you and keep a positive light of like, but I do have these things now that are so much better. It's just, it's hard. It's hard to keep that duality and keep everything in a healthy place. But that's why we're here. That's why we're talking about it. Because I think the second that you start talking about something out loud and you start like voicing the thing, it loses a lot of its power. It holds so much power over you when it's inside of you and it's only existing in your mind and your emotions and how you're processing it and your responses. It loses so much of its power when you verbalize it because then it's like, okay, what is it really? You know, when you take that emotional element out of it and you can verbalize it or you can get it out of your body and like allow it to exist in a different space, then you can start processing it and dealing with it in a way that's that's real. And at least that has always made it easier for me, you know? And that's part of the reason why I started this podcast because it's like, it's so funny because I started and 
I started talking about all these things and it was like it got the surface layer of it off and then I realized I had so much more to deal with, but I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to talk about it on this platform and I'm going to share the real time process with you because I'm just tired of all these people who are like, my life is so perfect and I did all of this right and now look at me. Now look at how great my life is. And it's like, okay, what about the people who are going through it right now? Um, let's find some, some commonality here. Let's, what's word guys. I, I was like a star English student and sometimes the words just don't come camaraderie. There we go. I knew it was going to get there. Um, so I had this idea the other day I was on a sad girl walk. You've heard of hot girl walks. This was a sad girl walk. This was a, I need to self-isolate and process my thoughts before I project them on other people. So let me take my dog on a walk and like get all of this out. So I was crying. I was crying real hard. And that's the nice thing about where I live is that like if you go on a walk at a certain time of day, you're probably not going to see that many people. Um, So I walked, I took my dog, I walked down to the river and I was like crying the whole time. (laughs) It was raining. It was, it was raining. And there were like dead animals on the road because this is not the dead animal part's not funny. It was just the scene was so dramatic. There was so much drama in this setting because it was like I was going through a really hard time. I had a lot of feelings come up. It was raining and there were like animals that were coming up from the banks because it's been raining so much in Nashville. It's been flooding like their little homes and their little dens. And they were like all dead on the side of the road. And I was like, oh, wow, let's just add to the theatrics because I can't even kill a spider. Like I don't even, I don't like to see any living thing die. It just makes me sad. Um, And no, I'm not vegan. We're getting way off topic here. So set the scene. It was raining. It was sad. It was dramatic. The The day the universe was really helping me get in my feels. And I was thinking about like, everyone kind of talks about healing work as if it's like, I went to therapy and I wrote in a journal and I was in the jungle with a shaman who helped me see the light. And like, that's great. Super happy for you. Love that for you. Really do. But like the healing work when you have heavy, deep, intense trauma and heavy, deep, intense feelings to go with it and you are really real, I mean, fully ready to go in on it, fully ready to deal with it. That's a different animal. That is a beast. And there's so many elements of it that people don't talk about. So here are the five things that people really don't tell you about healing work from someone who is in the midst of it because you need to know what you're getting into before it happens. Um, One of the first things I noticed when I really started to get like deep into it, when I really, really started to let all of the feelings come up, all of the emotions come up, all of like everything that I'd been suppressing when I finally just said, I'm going to look at this dead in the face and I'm going to let it exist. I was so tired and I'm not just talking like bad night's sleep kind of tired. I legitimately thought something was wrong with me because for months, months on end, like uh, days upon weeks upon months of getting 
eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, four, it did not matter how much sleep I got. My entire body every single day felt like I got hit by a train. The amount of exhaustion that I held within my body and it it was like everything, like every single thing about my existence was just, I was so tired. I had no energy to do anything. And you know, that was kind of initially why, like when I started getting into this healing work about a year ago, where I was just fully ready to deal with it all completely, not just tidbits of it, but like all of it, like let's blow this bitch wide open. I was so recluse for a couple of months because I was really dealing with it and I was so tired. I was like, I don't even care. I don't care to go out. I don't care to see people. I don't care to have friends. I don't care. I was just completely self-isolated, you know, like I had my girls and like I had Nick, but I went so dark and a big part of it was because I was just so freaking tired. I could not exist as like a normal human being. Like I felt like, uh, like I felt like I did when I had Lyme, when I just like, it didn't matter what I did. My body felt like shit. And I ended up getting really frustrated because, you know, I thought that by bringing all these things up, it would feel like a load was lifted off of me. And it was actually almost the opposite. It was like, it was like a a giant tidal wave of feelings that I had never felt were just sitting with me. And I think as humans, and, you know, I'll pick on myself, like me especially, I don't like to feel hard things. Um, blame it on my Zodiac, blame it on my Enneagram, blame it on my whatever you want to blame it on. I don't like to feel heavy things, but I do feel heavy things and I feel things very intensely and it's a blessing and a curse because like when I say I feel things very intensely, it's across the board. My highs are so high when I'm happy. I'm so happy. Like I am like a ball of fucking sunshine. And then when I'm angry, I am, I see red, like And when I'm sad, I am in the pits of depression. I feel things so intensely. And these are feelings that have existed within my body for 30 years that have caused so much stress and pain and disease and illness and tension and and have fucked up relationships. They all just like came out and they all needed a space to exist. And I didn't want to freaking deal with them. I wanted to deal with them in the way that when I was done, it was like, okay, go back. Like I, I felt you, I cried, you know, I journaled, I'm good. Get out of my life. And that is not how this process works. You have to allow yourself the space to feel all of those feelings and talk to your inner child through all of it. Talk to that, that little person, that tiny human, that young version of you that was like, never heard that never had a space to have their feelings felt. And it, there's no timeline on it. There's no timeline on how long it takes before you start feeling like yourself again. I think around like the summertime, so probably a good six months later, that was when I started to feel like I had a little bit more energy, but then it would like come in waves of being exhausted again. But that was around the time I was like, okay, I feel a little bit social. I feel a little bit happy. I feel a little bit like the load has lightened and it it just it took months of allowing my body to rest just don't fight it if you're going to do the work if you're going to open your yourself up to feeling all the feelings and healing them and dealing with it allow your body to do what it needs and if you need days upon weeks upon months of sleep and 
hibernation and just allowing yourself to exist with all of the exhaustion that you have, do it. Just do it. It's it's going to come up anyway. Don't fight it. Surrender to it and let it be. Um, I, you know, the second thing, and this kind of feeds into the first, aside from it just being like exhausted, like I was so tired, my desires all completely shifted. And I don't just mean I'm too tired to do things. I mean, like when I started doing this healing work, I all of a sudden would drink alcohol and be like, I don't even want this. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to taste it. I don't enjoy it. I mean, even when it it wasn't even like, oh my God, I have to sneeze. Nope. 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 Okay. Moving on. No sneeze. Um, (laughs) I, I would find myself like in the same situations that had I had previously enjoyed within moderation you know drinking within moderation um going out and and seeing friends and like doing positive things like all of the sudden a lot of the desires I'd had completely shifted and it would be like you know I didn't even want to have a glass of wine at dinner with a friend or like with my boyfriend when we went out to eat or um Like, I would fully go to a bar with people and be like, I just want a water. And it was so, it wasn't just alcohol. It was like a lot of the desires that I'd had before that I felt like fulfilled me just felt empty. And when you start to change your internal state, when you start to change yourself and and grow in different ways the coping mechanisms or the, just the norm, like of your everyday life, it starts to change too. When you start to change your internal state, your external pleasures change as well. I went from all of these things, all of these little things that used to bring me pleasure just didn't. They just didn't. Like I didn't want to watch TV. I didn't care about the gossip. I didn't care about all of those things that used to give me dopamine before. I was just like, this doesn't feel right. It didn't feel aligned. And I had to find new things that did feel aligned. I had to find what worked for me. And that's not to say I've cut anything out completely, but like, I just, I felt like I needed to make a shift. Um, and, and it, it's weird. It's so weird to be like, well, what do I even like anymore? What makes me happy? What brings me like some sense of, you know, human existence? Like, I I don't know what I'm dealing with. I also went through a major identity crisis. This was the most jarring thing. Um, I legit, like guys, I thought I was crazy so many freaking times. I had to sit there and question everything. I had to talk to like friends and be like, hey, please be unbiased. Please, please, please. Like outside perspective, third party, here's the situation. Am I insane? am I crazy? And they were like, no, that's completely normal for you to feel that way. It's totally normal for you to be angry about this or like upset about this or feel this way. I, I felt like so much of me was shifting internally and I was going through this major upheaval and this like metamorphosis and everyone around me is living their normal ass lives. 
everyone around me is so normal and and the same and I'm walking through the grocery store like I'm having an existential crisis I don't know what I'm doing what is happening like I brought all of this up and then I had to keep living my life as a normal human because you know I still have bills to pay I still have groceries to get I still have kids to take care of I still have like I have to live a life I can't just lay in bed and like cry and grieve and scream and therapize myself and and be in this healing work, I have to like wipe my face and then go about my day because we're we're all existing in this world. You know, it doesn't stop turning just because we are going through a lot. And it was so bizarre to me that I am in a freaking grocery store walking up and down the aisles getting food for my kids just with my headphones on listening to music and like crying. Like I I felt so crazy having these weird moments where I felt like I was the most abnormal person and everyone is living their lives and I wanted to look at them and be like, "Are you not going through a major upheaval too?" It's like it it's like um so we had a a massive tornado come through Nashville a couple of years ago. It was actually the spring of 2020. It was like right before the entire world shut down. We had a huge tornado come through and cause a lot of destruction and like just completely rip our city apart. We had um, a lot of people were injured. We had some some people that were in our community that passed that were like friends. And it just, it was so hard because everywhere you went, you were grieving and everyone else was grieving. There was some kind of like, it was a reminder of everything around you that we're all going through the same thing. So it was hard, but it was also some sense of connection. You know, grief is easier when it's felt by the people around us. And not that we want people to be going through the same same things we are, but it feels less isolating. When you are going through this major healing work and you're feeling all the things you've stuffed down forever and everyone around you is like normal, like normal as fuck, just just walking around, living their lives, having the best day, having the worst day, just going through the human things. And you're like, I am losing my shit. I'm losing my fucking mind. What is happening? I can't exist as a normal person right now. It really messes with you. Like you start to feel crazy. And I was worried there for a minute. I was really worried. I was concerned about myself. And then I was like, oh, okay. I just needed to process these things and feel them and work through them and let them go. And now, you know, I feel totally fine. Um, Another element, I'd say the fourth element of this is, this is going to be a fun one. So... (laughs) especially for women, guys, um, ladies, friends, there is a, a huge societal disconnect where women are not supposed to be angry. Men are allowed, men are given permission to be angry. Women are not given permission to be angry. Women are given permission to be sad and be little like lost puppies. You know, look at TV, look at movies, look at news. Oh my God. Compare the, the celebrity, you know, stories when Kanye West is going off about X through Z. Everyone's looking at him saying, he needs mental help. 
And when women do it, when women are off about, you know, making a big commotion in the news and doing a bunch of things, everyone goes, oh, they're crazy. They're snap. Like, it's there's such a divide between the permissions that are given to men to deal with their feelings and the permissions that are given to women. If women lash out, they're crazy. If men lash out, oh, they need help. Like, it's so... It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre how women are not allowed to feel angry. And <clears throat> friends who have childhood trauma. <laughs> this one's going to hit hard. This was one that I was not expecting, that I have not heard anyone talk about until I started looking into it and, and starting conversations with people who are also doing healing work. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm totally down with that too. Um, you go through an angry teenager phase. Yeah. Yeah. After you are like the sad, grieving, abandoned little child where you're just like crying and you're like, oh my God, I haven't felt these things. I was abandoned or I was abused or or my family was neglectful or whatever it was, whatever you're healing from that you have suppressed after you go through the hurt child phase, you are in your angry teenager phase. And the angry teenager phase <laughs> is no freaking joke. I I grew up in a ridiculously conservative Christian household where, you know, not only was like everything off limits, like I, pff, TV, music, pop culture, makeup, piercings, um, wearing pants, like uh, saying any form of any kind of curse word. I couldn't even say darn. I mean, it, everything. Okay. Conservative Christian, like to the T we, we were about one level away from, uh, being Amish and I'm not even kidding. Um, I was not allowed to be angry. Oh, and I had every right to be, I had every right to be angry about so many things with so many people that had let me down, betrayed me, abused me. And I wasn't allowed to be, so I just stuffed it down. And it is all now, or has been, coming up. And the angry teenager phase is is really interesting because you're supposed to be a grown-ass adult working through problems like a grown-ass adult who knows that you can't scream at people and beating your fists um on a wall is going to get you nowhere. And like, you know, these things cognitively, you know, these things, but your body is screaming and saying like, get all of this out. You're pissed. You're, you're angry. You hate everyone. Like fuck the world. The injustice of the weight of what was done to you or what was not done for you when you needed it is heavily felt during this. It is heavily felt during this angry teenager phase. And it's very hard. Um, it does it does diminish a little bit when you allow it to be felt. Am I saying that you should lash out on your boss or your siblings or your coworker or your your partner or your kids? Absolutely fucking not. Keep keep your shit together a little bit. But when you're alone and it's not going to cause harm to you or anyone else, beating your fist into a pillow and screaming when no one's around is very therapeutic. <laughs> it is very therapeutic. It works wonders. I highly recommend this method. Whenever you feel that seething anger 
that is, it feels all consuming, let it out. Let it out in an environment that is safe for you and the people around you. I have done this many times when, you know, my girls have been in school or they've been with their dad and no one's around and I have all these emotions that are fighting to come to the surface. I let it out and I I look absolutely crazy. And I, at first, was judging myself pretty heavily for experiencing these things and like not being a a calm, quiet, soft woman. Um, but a big part of accepting the feminine is accepting all sides of her. She is not just soft and nurturing and loving and sensual. She is also rage and um, fights fights against injustice. And and when you can accept that with without judgment, when you can accept that element of yourself without judgment and without any kind of shame for being angry and just say, yeah, I deserve it. I deserve to be angry. These people fucked up. They hurt me. They did things to me that I'm still learning how to forgive. Moving past that is so much easier. It is so much easier for you to sort things out from a clear lens when you give these feelings space to exist when they come up and you deal with them and you stop stuffing them down and you stop pretending like it didn't hurt as bad as it did or you're not as mad as you are or just stop. Just stop pretending and surrender and allow these things to happen because then you can move forward. You can move forward with with looking at it with a clear perspective without all of the cloud of emotions just weighing you down and causing this like back and forth battle of of you versus you you know of you and your feelings that are demanding to be heard and felt and you who is thinking as an adult and being clear and logical <laughs> emotions are often not logical, but they are still there and they are still valid and we still need to hear them. We don't need to act on them, but you do need to hear them. You do need to give them space to be valid and to be felt. And if that means that you're beating your fists against a pillow and screaming, it's not fair, I didn't deserve that, I hate them, then do it. Do it. Just don't cause any harm to yourself or the people around you. That's like, that's the boundary right there that you set. <laughs> Um, the last thing that I really noticed that shit people don't tell you about healing is that there is almost like, like no sense of time. You are on this roller coaster of a blur and, and it kind of feels like the normal structures don't exist and they fall away. You know, even though you know that they're happening, even though you know, like, I'm waking up, I'm eating breakfast, I'm working out, I'm working my job, I'm seeing these people, I have these plans, I have to do these things. You are a little bit at the mercy of of whatever you're working through. And I feel like there were a lot of moments within the past year that I've been doing this work that... I 
I would, you know, think I was crying or working through things for hours. I would sit there and I would just like, I would feel things and I would think and I would surrender and I would get deep. And I would think that it would be hours and it would be like 20 minutes. And then there were times that I thought that whole, whole days were gone. And I'm like, what did I do? What happened? Where it's, it's this weird crumbling of everything that you thought you knew and the lens that you approach the world through changing and being released from being your trauma lens and actually becoming a lens of you and who you are at your core. Um, that sounds like, I know that can sound a little crazy, but if you start to tap into this work, you know what I'm talking about. You know exactly that feeling of what is real, what is not real, questioning everything, coming to your own conclusions, figuring out what to feel, what to let go. But here's here's the really big help that I want to give because there are so many things that nobody told me before I launched into this that I wish... I wish someone had, but maybe I had to discover it on my own to share it with you. But it, it's this. Everything before you deal with your trauma is just the little you that never had a chance to be seen and heard. And I don't give a fuck if that sounds cheesy. I, I don't care if people have made a mockery of inner child and you weren't hugged enough and and things like that it's real it's so real because when we're kids kids need to feel that their parents are safe kids need to feel that they can learn and exist in the world with all of their feelings and figure out where the boundaries are on their own they need to learn that when they don't get their way and they scream and they cry that that doesn't mean you abandon them. They need to learn that you are safety because when they look to you, their parent, as their safety, then they can sense that that safety within themselves. And what happens is when there's no safety, when there's no consistency, when there was abandonment, when there was trauma, when there was any anything that might have happened, that sense of security gets rocked and they don't feel that emotions are safe because they were rejected they were never heard they were never seen they were never acknowledged and that tends to be what comes up (laughs) it's that little kid you that's just like hey I'm really pissed off about this or like, I'm really sad about this. This wasn't fair. This wasn't fair. What are you going to do about it? This situation feels like that. Why are you letting us get hurt again? It is all that little you just screaming at the, at the adult you that's like, hey, 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 I need protection. I need love. I need care. I need safety. I need, I need, I need. And what you can do in those moments, this is practice. Let me tell you, this is a practice that is not easy to just do at the at the drop of a hat but the more you you integrate it the the more it will come up in the situations where it's needed the next time you feel you are having a trigger response to something and this is a part of the healing work as well someone says something to you or something someone does something to you just sit with it for a second don't act don't react 
look at what feelings are coming up. Look at who's actually talking. That internal dialogue. Does it sound like the highest, most beautiful, most evolved, best version of you? Or does it sound like a little kid throwing a tantrum? And I can guarantee you if you're having a really intense trauma response or you're triggered by something someone's saying or doing, it's probably that little version of you that just needs something in that moment. Sit with yourself. Sit with that that person, that little tiny you and be like, hey, I know, I know. God, this is so unfair, isn't it? Why are they talking to you that way? You don't deserve that. That's not, that's not fair. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that they've made you feel unsafe in their tone. But it's okay. You're okay. You're safe. You are safe. I promise. I've got this. Me, big me, highest, most evolved version of me has got this. We're okay. I'm going to protect us. I got it. And just giving that space of validation and reassurance to yourself that you should have had when you were a kid, but you never really got. Let me tell you, that does wonders. It has completely transformed my life and I'm still working on it. My God, like I still have moments where my triggered self wants to show up. I still have moments where something happens or someone says something to me or someone does something to me and I spend forever just flipping out about it before I'm like, oh, oh, this is like little me that that was, you know, abandoned and abused and hurt and she's just trying to protect herself. But like she doesn't lead now. I do. I create the safety and security for her. I create the safety and security for us. I'm the one that's running the show. Adult, beautiful, vibrant, radiant, evolved me runs the show. And I see her. I love her. I know why she's upset. I know why she's feeling this way. But it's okay. She doesn't need to protect me. I've got it. And just that act is one of the biggest acts of love you can give yourself. And it's one of the biggest acts of love you can give to the people around you. When you can respond with, why is this triggering me? What is coming up? And what what version of me is leading? What version of me really needs to be heard right now? What version of me really needs to be told it's okay, we're safe? And work on that. See where it takes you. See how that can change you. See what things come up. I did not think we were going to go this direction. (laughs) I really... I just, I think if we create these open conversations about healing work and about what really goes into it and what things can come up, it becomes a little less daunting. You know, it's not so much like you're going into the lion's den with no flashlight and no weapon. You can kind of see and feel your way around to know, okay, this is what I'm walking into, but I'm going to get to the other side and I know I will. Um, You guys, before we go, I have to tell you about something. (laughs) that came to me it was actually in a meditation and I was hesitant about it at first but with a lot of prompting with a lot of signs that this is something that I need to put out there I am starting a four-week series of alignment to your best self now this is going to be separate from the podcast I will have it on my patreon channel um 
it's going to be really, really good. I mapped it all out last night because here's the thing. We can sit here and talk about all this healing work until we're, we're blue in the face. But the reality is there are so many steps that come before doing the work and manifesting and creating and healing and then like blah, 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 that, that are necessary for you to have the best results the most quickly. Like, you can listen to every episode of manifesting and relationships and living your best life and healing and and how to deal with people. And the reality is if you don't have a good sense of self um, preceding all of that, then you're just going to kind of be banging your head against a wall and be like, wait a minute. <laughs> so I am starting um, a four-week series on Patreon. And it's all about alignment shift. And what that means is shifting into alignment with yourself, shifting into being your true authentic self. And the material is just incredible. I'm going to have weekly videos that are going to be a little bit more in-depth than podcast. I'm going to have different journal prompts for you to do independently. That is all just you, your work, getting to know and love and accept yourself. I'm going to have um, meditations in there. It's just, it's going to be incredible. And it's, I'm really, really excited to share it with you. So I'm working on it right now. I'm going to launch it in the new year and keep an eye out on that because I'm just, I'm really, really excited about it. But Thank you so much for tuning in, for giving me the space to share these these sad girl walk revelations with you. And I hope you all have a beautiful, wonderful, abundant week and stay happy, healthy, and at peace. Mwah. <laughs>